Hello and welcome back to the OK Gatsby. It is season four, and you know that means it is vibe and read with us. We're tackling uh, Pride and Prejudice chapters six through eight today, and we're tackling it hard. Yes, the worst. I said uh, I said this before, but the it's the worst and hardest to say title yet. But we shall top ourselves in the future. And the fans are <laughs> loving it. Yes. They're, they're clamoring at our windows, throwing rocks. Goes, Stop <laughs> it. Stop it with the vibe and chill with us. Vibe and read with us. Vibe and read with us. Vibe, that, that matches. It is a lot to remember. It matches it? better. Vibe and read with us. Yes. You come up with a better one. Tweet it at us. I thought you were saying that to me. I'm like, I did come up with that <laughs> one. <laughs> we worked with it together. <laughs> it was a group effort. All right. Took days. Okay. Took days. This thus concludes Riff Minute. <laughs> All right. We riff for a little bit. <laughs> we once again found ourselves t- completely lacking of natural charm. <laughs> there is no chemistry here. We've been close friends for a couple of years now. And, and, and nothing to show for <laughs> it. <laughs> At no point are you like, those guys are good buddies. <laughs> <laughs> they just know what they're going to say and they can tickle each other's funny bones. Now, for. 80 to 90 seconds at a time. Yeah. That's all I need, baby. That's all we need. <laughs> that's all we need. And that's all you need, because let's get to the text. Yes. <laughs> Chapter 6 starts off with a brief exposition that uh, the Bingley sisters have been visiting the Bennets. Uh, there's a quick evaluation that Miss Bennett, so that's Jane's, pleasing manners grew on the goodwill of Miss Her- Mrs. Hurst and Miss Bingley. And though the mother was found to be intolerable and the younger sister's not worth speaking to. Not worth speaking <laughs> to. I love that. So Catherine, Catherine and what's her name? Shoot. They're so forgettable. Christy? I, I just have to. I remember them as Miss Bingley and Mrs. Hurst. No, 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 no. The two sisters. The oh, Lydia. Sisters of the Lydia is the youngest. Yeah, Lydia. Who's tall? Lydia's tall. They're not even saying Catherine how tall cops. she is. No. They're not worth speaking to. Well, ask her about... How tall she is. Be tall. What's it like to grab stuff? How's the weather up there? How's the weather up there? Hilarious. That's a great thing to say to people. <clears throat> Catherine, people call you kitty, and I understand you uh, used to cough. You cough. You're a big cough person. How's your cough? Is it, you, can, you can cough whenever you want, you know? That's fun. See? I thought, that, see you, they're worth talking to. We're having know. a blast. But yeah, I think uh, the, the Bingley sisters writing people off is kind of going to become a theme of the episode. They yes. are um, pretty catty. Very catty and uh, but they very do rich. but they do like Jane and like Elizabeth. Yes, um, they seem to like Jane enough. Uh, and yeah, Elizabeth is um, charms them somehow, which is kind of funny because I feel like by design she would be off putting. Is the person who doesn't like them at all? <laughs> well, yeah, and I like that too. Yeah, but Elizabeth uh, sees superciliousness in their treatment of everybody. So Elizabeth, while being liked by them, sees that they're fake and doesn't like and doesn't like them back. Yes, um, that is her superpower. Which she is has cool. X-ray specs for the minor notions of character. Yes, yeah, I want more of that. We get a little bit of that uh, today, but I w- I'm looking forward to seeing more of that from Elizabeth. Yes, she seems to have. Uh, she doesn't read as much as Mary, uh, but she seems to apply her intelligence to just kind of in-depth analyzation of of social dynamics. And hey, it gets her into some trouble, as it we'll does, see. It does. It does. It doesn't make her the most popular girl in school. Or no. at balls. Or in this weird English village. Where nobody seems to have a job. No. Like <laughs> one guy had a job 100 years ago. <laughs> and now we chill. <laughs> <laughs> but what a time when one guy worked a while ago. <laughs> and it's like, it's better if the guy had a better job longer ago than if your dad had a good job 10 years ago. Yeah. Everyone, that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like, don't talk about that. The uncles in, in Cheapsville. Cheaps. Cheapshire. Cheapshire, something like that. Cheapshire. Cheapstown. <laughs> Un- unreal. Uh, yes. So then there's sort of this... Re- so Miss Lucas, who is... Uh, or Charlotte, who is Elizabeth's best friend. They're Lady talking Lucas. about sort of some classic relationship dynamics. Yeah. It's set- it seems to be setting up... I was talking about... This is kind of like a setting up the bar for which we will be measuring relationships and marriage this conversation seems important to be like kind of like here's what we think about marriage and relationships here's kind of the status quo here's where we're at with it 
and that notion will later be broken, I assume, or questioned or whatever. Yes. I think that's that seems to be setting up because there's a lot of opinion flying around. Yeah, it's like you're saying it's like uh, it's like clerks where they're like, what do we all think about Star Wars? <laughs> Here's yeah. my fun take about Star Wars. Yeah. Like, okay, sure, go ahead. Character. All right, we'll listen to this guy write about Star Wars for a little while. Uh, so the big question is, so Jane, it's clear to Elizabeth that Jane really likes Bingley, but it's not quite. It seems that it's not quite clear to Bingley that Jane likes him, likes uh, him back. Because like we, because like it seems like everybody knows that he's sweet on Jane. Yes. But the question, I guess, now is, yeah, what to do with him, boy, is sweet on, sweet on you. Yes. And Jane, uh, the perfect angel, is always very composed about not letting anyone know uh, her her affection is too strong in order not to seem like a hussy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. But Charlotte's gonna is trying to encourage Jane in this conversation to um, sort of push her feelings forward, right? Like, sort of, like, make her love known yes like if not as much as she loves him uh even more than she does yes that seems to be the gender dynamics is that it's a tightrope walk of you don't because she says if a woman conceals her affection with the same skill from the object of it she may lose the opportunity of fixing him and it will then be but poor consolation to believe the world equally in the dark right so it's the kind of thing where it's like you don't want everyone to know that you like this guy but you want him to know that you like this guy. We are beyond like yeah, beyond a doubt. <clears throat> she says later, like in nine cases out of ten, a woman had better show more affection than she feels. Yeah, exactly. Like Bingley likes your sister undoubtedly, but he may never do more than like her if she does not help him on. Help him on. So that's the big dynamic they're talking about. Right. It's like how do you send the signals that you're interested without saying it? Yeah. Because nothing's worse in the relationship game than just saying your feelings. Right. That that this book would be over quite quickly if everyone just said how they were feeling to <laughs> one another. <laughs> yes. Instead, use it with a dance. Bingley, I like you. I like you. Well, <laughs> my what sisters don't <laughs> like you. Yeah. My sisters don't like you. It's okay. We can. I'll learn to to please them. <laughs> and there's the end of it. Right. Yes. Um. And then Elizabeth says, if I can perceive her regard for him, he must be a simpleton indeed, not to discover it too. Right. So Elizabeth, though, it seems here that she is not, uh, not aware of how unusually in-depth her sense of character is. Because she's like, I know that my sister likes Bingley. Right. Everyone should know. It's like, no, you are very good at this. <laughs> right. And, and uh, in fact, you're saying only a simpleton would not discover it. Well, in, in relative to Elizabeth in terms of emotional understanding, uh, Bingley is a simpleton. He is a simpleton. Sorry, bro. Sorry. Dog, she likes you. She Dog. wants it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. But if a woman is marched from a man and does not endeavor to conceal it, he must find it out. Uh, perhaps he must if he sees enough of her. So they're just talking about how are they ever going to like each other. Yeah, they don't have they don't have the opportunity, which is something I'm I'm thinking about a lot too, because of like all this stilted sort of social posturing they're doing, where they're mm-hmm. like, "I'm going to go to dinner with you and your friends, and you're going to come dance with me and my friends," and they're talking about how often are you able to talk to one another? Yeah, they're pulling the old "let's thing. all group hang" kind of thing, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, we'll go as a group, and then I'll talk to her in the group. That's right. what I'll do. Classic middle school move. Like basically, yeah, basically in this century, the all adults were still in seventh grade. You had to have chaperones and you had to have groups. You had to have nine friends and your friend had to tell their friend that you like them. <laughs> right. Um, this is the, the funny joke about like, you know, like, yeah, she's she's eaten with him four times. That's not enough to make her understand his character. Um, like, uh, and then Elizabeth is like, that might only have discovered whether he had a good appetite. <laughs> like, like, you just know how much he likes to eat. eating. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Like, I think it would be, like, it's very, I'm sure it was, it's in the vernacular of the time, I'm sure it was even funnier. But like, because it's like, that's all you really know about him is how much, yeah. what's he, what's he what's doing? He eat? What does he like to eat? Right. Yeah, and then there's a joke about, yes, these four evenings have enabled them to ascertain that they both like Vinton better than Commerce. And I looked yeah. it up, those are card games. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. So they know nothing about each other. Uh, and then Charlotte says her cynical take on marriage, which is kind of funny. I wish Jane success with all my heart, and if she were married to him tomorrow, I should think she had as good a chance of happiness as if she were to be studying his character for a 12-month. 
Happiness in marriage is entirely a matter of chance. If the dispositions of the parties are ever so well known to each other, or ever so similar beforehand, it does not advance their felicity in the least. They have always continued to grow sufficiently unlike afterwards, to have their share of vexation, and it is better to know as little as possible of the defects of the person with whom you are to pass your life. Right. That's an, that's a really interesting take. I wonder, uh, what, do we, what do we think about this? So, so essentially she's saying, like, you might as well, if, just get married. Because, like, you're gonna like you're gonna have the same chance of happiness if you get marry him after knowing him a day as you do if you knew him a year. And you're more likely to be happy getting married if you know less of their problems. Yes, you just and you're don't gonna find them know. out anyway. Yeah, you're gonna bother each other anyway. Just get married while you're happy, and then figure the rest out later. Yeah, don't know too much. So this is kind of this seems to be the status quo. This is like a statement of the status quo of marriage. It's like love can come later. Just kind of like be happy and look. You're not going to like each other. It's like most people right. are not happy, and it seems just it's a matter of luck. So like don't don't be too careful in getting to know them for a whole year. But then uh, Elizabeth calls her and says, "You make me laugh, Charlotte, but it is not sound. You know it is not sound, and that you would never act in this way yourself." Good, right. They're calling her out. It's, yeah, right. It's shut like, up, Charlotte. It's being, yeah, you know you wouldn't do this. It's not. They're challenging the status quo right away, and their own cynicisms. Yeah, because she's like, hey, because Elizabeth is like, only an idiot would not know Jane. Like, it's like you live with your sister. Of course you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we find out. Dun 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 dun. I think there's even a great sentence about it. Uh, that Darcy. Occupied in observing Mr. Bingley's attention to her sister, Elizabeth was far from suspecting that she was herself becoming object of some interest in the eyes of his friends. Bum, bum, bum. Darcy, the one who didn't want to dance with you because you're too plain? Yeah, man. Darcy likes Darcy. You. Yeah, this is a really fun... Because uh, um, he, like, he's described with such... He's such a, such a doofus and a jerk <laughs> and an idiot. Yes, the big three. To this, yeah, God. Though he had det- detected with a critical eye more than one failure of perfect symmetry in her form, he was forced to acknowledge her figure to be light and pleasing. And in spite of his asserting that her manners were not those of the fashionable world, he was caught by their easy playfulness. So it's like it's kind of cool how even though you look like crap, <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of fun. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of like it kind of works. It kind of works though, dude. I know she's busted, but like she makes me <laughs> laugh though. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way in it's a like, good way it's like, nice like, yeah you look terrible but in a good way yeah yeah no he it is it's so rude this whole passage yeah but it is it's it seems like we have now the main conflict of the book darcy has insulted this very smart woman and then all of a sudden he realizes he likes her right and he's gonna have to work to show her to become more like bingley in her eyes kind of more somebody that's like work to grow sweet on her and mm. she's gonna have to work to uh work past this terrible first impression first impressions are not everything or what does that say in your back of your book uh what to be deceiving the uh, first impressions aren't always the best aren't dot, dot, always dot. the best sometimes they're the worst darcy darcy you made a bad first party impression um i marched down this next paragraph has got an interesting pov shift or like i mean like i think it's like to me the main characters are the bennett's and we're, we're usually we have all the information the bennett's have and very little else yes and so it's remarkable when we when we get inside the head of darcy or mr bingley or the bingley sisters and we do um, it a lot i mean it's it's, it's sprinkled. not it's clearly not the main characters, but like it, there isn't a shortage you, of information. Would you say like what, like what percentage would you say? Because it's a definitely like small percentage. I'd say we'd follow Elizabeth closely forty percent of the time, and then all the minor characters. I'd probably say combined fifteen percent. No, no. Oh yeah, combined fifteen percent. Yeah. I mean, like we're usually with Jane. We're with Elizabeth like a lot of the time. Elizabeth a lot. Jane some. Jane when she's with Elizabeth. It's, yeah. Elizabeth is the main. But then it's the like parents of a good amount. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, the ben- yeah, to me it's like Bennett's and then there's like 10 or 20% other people. Darcy, yeah. Bingley, Bingley sisters. Yeah. So right here is one example of that. He began to wish to know more of her and as a step towards conversing with her himself, attended to her conversations with others. So we we see this mostly from Elizabeth's point of view, but we also know Darcy's motivation in it. Because right away we also have Elizabeth's reaction to that. Yes. So Darcy's, Darcy's like, I got to talk to this girl. He's awkwardly standing in the outside of the circles of conversations that she's in. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, is he listening just so he can make fun of me later? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Right. 
He has a very satirical eye, and if I do not begin by being impertinent myself, I shall soon grow afraid of him. She's like, oh, he's so he's he makes fun of so many people. I hope he's not like studying me to yeah. roast me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just making roast notes. Um, so like right away, I love this. Like as soon as the the concept is introduced that Darcy's been hanging around conversations, we see Elizabeth calling Darcy out for that behavior. Yes. So Elizabeth goes, "Did you not think, Mister Darcy, that I expressed myself uncommonly well just now when I was teasing Colonel Forrester to give us a ball at Maryton?" So like, it's like, "What do you think, Darcy? Why you are you heard hanging it. out around here? Yeah, you heard it. Are you here to be mean to me, jerk? Yeah." Um, and then he, you know, he then he jumps right in. And he does start roasting her um, with, with great energy. But it is a subject which always makes a lady energetic. You are severe on us. It'll be her t- turn soon to be teased, said Miss Lucas. I'm going to open the instrument, Eliza, and you know what follows. Okay, so Miss Lucas instantly was like, now that we have Darcy's attention, let's Jump have Eliza. Change. Yeah. <laughs> Jump a change. What did you say? Subject change. Subject change. Right. Let's like let's have her play piano now instead of arguing with you. Yeah. So he, he's he's like, what do you think about me saying about having a ball? And it's like, you ladies love balls. Yeah. Which is like a yeah. It's like a sarcastic comment. Also, it's like that's like you cannot be insulting balls in this culture. I mean, <laughs> no. like that's all we have. Dude. That's all we have. That's man. our thing, man. What are you doing? We're ball culture, baby. Ball culture. <laughs> so Elizabeth plays the piano, and people like it um her performance was cap pleasing but by no means capital so it's like she's not good the narrator here is so um like blunt about how elizabeth plays the piano so basically she knows wonderwall is yeah <laughs> is her level of like i know i could cover a few songs right um and then she even says to Darcy after she plays, very well, if it must be so, it must. There is a fine old saying, which everybody here is, of course, familiar with. Keep your breath to cool your porridge, and I shall keep mine in to swell my song. Uh, She's like, like, don't say anything critical. Yes, don't, yeah. <laughs> keep your breath to cool your porridge. <laughs> the equivalent of several F-bombs at the time. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have anything nice to say, cool your porridge. Blow, <laughs> go blow in your porridge, Darcy. <laughs> <gasps> everyone gasps porridge okay so elizabeth this is really funny because elizabeth plays and then mary plays and mary <laughs> is good at piano but it's such a it's roasted so hard for being a dork move to be like let me just play the piano now i love the piano <laughs> yeah the narrator like just roasts mary for being like uh <laughs> like she's she's better but no one cares because she's not pretty um so yeah, here's the the quote. Elizabeth, easy and un- unaffected, had been listened to with much more pleasure, though not playing half so well. And Mary, at the end of a long concerto, was glad to purchase praise and gratitude by Scotch and Irish heirs at the request of her younger sisters, who with some of the Lucases and the two or three officers joined eagerly in dancing at one end of the room. There's some um, great roast of Mary, who, having in consequence of being the only plain one in the family, worked hard for knowledge and accomplishments, was always impatient for display. Oh, okay, that's what I was looking for. It's like, yeah, she was trying to show it off because she doesn't have anything to show off yes. in the looks department. She's not a pretty woman, so she learned a lot of skills. And then it says, Mary had neither genius nor taste, and though vanity had given her application, it had given her likewise a pedantic air and conceited manner, which would have injured a higher degree of excellence than she had reached. Oh my God! Yeah, so, so she, they, this narrator is harsh on Mary. Right. It's like she's not only is she not great looking, she's not great. You're good at piano. She's very plain. Yeah, and she's so and she so clearly is taking pride in her piano playing because she's not pretty. Yes, right? but that quality in itself is very unattractive and would be even unattractive to someone who was good at piano. So it's like <laughs> everyone can tell that you are overcompensating at piano is kind of the yeah. thing, right? So the narrator is, I feel like the narrator here is like fully uh, against Mary or like fully in this culture of pretty is important and you are, you your worth is determined by the, by the male gaze, yes. right? Like your worth is determined by like how pretty you are, how, uh, you know, eligible you are for be, to being married off. Yes. And the narrator doesn't seem to be questioning this paradigm at all, which is, like, concerning to me. No. There's at no point of do we see, like, Mary, any sympathy for Mary's plight of, like, what do you do as a plain woman in a, a, a culture that worships beauty so much? And, yeah, that narrative attitude seems to be c'est la vie. Like, this is not even c'est la vie because c'est la vie implies a little bit of sympathy for the character. 
the narrator's like, yeah, Mary's playing and not good at the piano, period. It's like, that's it. Statements of fact. Yeah. It's like, Mary is 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 not good looking, and what she does to overcompensate that is also what attracts her. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like double whammy. Mary sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's so, yeah, it's pretty... Uh, it's very unsafe. I guess maybe it's a kind of a double move of like we feel bad for Mary without the narrator telling us to, just because she's so harsh on Mary. I mean, I don't know if it's a master stroke on uh, Jane Austen's part where we're supposed to be. No, I think it's just. She just th- yeah. I think it's just. Uh, it's like yeah. It's, it's just sexist. Mary sucks. <laughs> it's yeah. It's sexist and uh, you know bad. I don't know. I mean, yeah. It is a weird part. Mary's development, even like the dad is harsh on her when he's like, hey, you have any thoughts with all those books you read? And she's <laughs> like, uh, uh, uh. And he's like, great, that's what I Thanks, thought. Thanks, Mary. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Thanks for your help. Loved it. Um, and then Darcy kind of stands by. He's kind of mad. And then uh, the the man throwing the party, uh, Sir William Lucas, right. uh, Charlotte's dad, Um comes up to Darcy and they have a, a bro talk about oh look at all the pretty ladies and you like dancing don't you Darcy he goes no I do not like dancing yeah he says something like uh certainly uh there's nothing like dancing after all and then he says certainly sir and it has the advantage of also being in vogue amongst the less polished societies of the world every savage can dance yeah <laughs> he's yeah, like he, yeah every idiot does this yeah no it's almost like well it's like yeah he's he's um uh, addressing the fact that it's not as prior as proper as it's being indicated. It's like no, no, no. This is a basic. Yeah. This is base. This is n- boorish. This is savage. Yeah. And not in the good way that we say savage now, because we're we know about yes. the, the new slang. It's this is like bad savage. That would be so funny if you had a good like Jane Austen invented savage. <laughs> <laughs> savage. <laughs> Yes, and then w- William's like, I bet, Sir William's like, I bet you're a good dancer, Darcy. And he's like, you saw me dance at the last ball, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, and it was great. And he's like, you dance often? And he goes, never. <laughs> <laughs> never. Never. I don't do this. And then he tries to get Elizabeth to come over and dance with Darcy. Yes. Uh, so Mr. Lucas, just out of, just kind of old old man kindness, uh, is like, hey. Or hokey dad, uh, you know, Social faux pas Yeah. Why aren't you dancing, Elizabeth? Uh, Darcy, you got to dance with Elizabeth. Mr. Lucas doesn't know the history. Yeah. Uh, right, of them and dancing. The only thing they've done is had a bad dance situation. And he even says, Darcy, you cannot refuse to dance, I'm sure, when so much beauty is before you. So, like, <laughs> almost like a roast. <laughs> like, it seems like Sir William Lucas is, is in on it. Yeah, right. Of like a direct contradiction to the previous interaction. Exactly. Uh, and then Elizabeth is mad. Because Darcy was, yeah, Dar- Elizabeth is obviously mad at having this situation come up again. Um, and Darcy uh, would dance with her, right? Um, Mr. D- Darcy with grave propriety requested to be allowed the honor of her hand. Okay, grave propriety, right. He's not into it. He's being forced to through social pressure right great propriety he, uh, yeah I, I think also maybe he took it seriously he like he's like let me do the, the whole motions of even like, better great great yes. he's like hey miss elizabeth would you mind dancing with me <laughs> uh no yeah how does she say no um you excel so much so she says i guess it's not described miss <clears throat> elizabeth was determined nor did Sir William at all shake her purpose by his attempt. No, no, no. She says this. Indeed, sir, I have not the least intention of dancing. I entreat you not to suppose that I moved this way in order to beg for a partner. So it's like, this is. I'm not taking your charity. I didn't come here. I don't want to dance. I'm not looking for a man. Yeah. I'm not looking for no man. Yes. Uh, and, and he's like, hey, come on, Elizabeth. You love to dance. Dance with Darcy. And she's like, no. He's all politeness. Mr. Darcy is all politeness. He's like, he's just being nice. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, that's the, I knew, yeah, this is a cutting remark. Mr. Darcy is all politeness and no actual intention to have, to dance with me. Like, it's all politeness. It's no genuineness. And this is like, this is stressful for Darcy because it's like, I do like you and I do want to (laughs) dance. 
Yeah, he is indeed, but considering the inducement, my dear Miss Eliza, we cannot wonder at his complacence, for who would object to such a partner? So Miss, Mr. Lucas is laying it on thick. I'm like, you're so pretty, of course he wants to do Yeah, right, you. setting up. Uh, and then uh, I can guess. She goes away, Miss Bingley comes over. And it's like, what were you doing over there? And it's like, no, I can, yeah, I can guess the subject of your reverie. And he says, I should imagine not. You are considering how insupportable it would be to pass many evenings in this manner, in such society, and indeed I am quite of your opinion. I was never more annoyed. The insipidity of these people, of yet the insipidity and yet the noise, the nothingness and yet the self-importance of all these people. What would I give to hear your structures on them? So she's like, roast away, Darcy. Darcy, I know you hate them. Hit this, me. This sucks. I hate it too. Dish. And Darcy surprises her. He goes, your conjecture is totally wrong, I assure you. My mind was more agreeably engaged. I have been meditating on the very great pleasure which a pair of fine eyes in the face of a pretty woman can bestow. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing the change in Darcy. We're seeing like the, the old Darcy would have been like, yeah, let's roast Miss Bingley. I love making fun of these country bumpkins. Yeah. But he's like, I was just thinking about how uh, pretty eyes and a fair face can make a guy... Uh, pretty happy zoom it close to zoom it in his yeah. face as camera pans to oh, elizabeth yeah. oh yeah and bingley uh, miss bingley is like what the heck what do you mean uh all right he just says like yeah he says that miss elizabeth bennett bennett is uh is the reason for this feeling you know um and then miss bingley is very astonished at this uh how long has she been such a favorite and pray when i am to wish you joy so she goes and when are you guys gonna be when are you gonna marry marry her right <laughs> Uh, and Darcy's like, that's the problem with you guys is Alita's uh, imagination is very rapid. It jumps from admiration to love, from love to matrimony in a moment. I knew you would be wishing. I knew you would be wishing me joy. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, you guys just let me like her for a little bit. He's so God, no, he's like so like God. Leave me alone. Leave me like, alone. I just want to look at her eyes. God. Um. So yeah, but Miss Bailey now knows that she's into that he's into he's into Elizabeth. Yeah, um, now he's getting out. People know crushes now. I, there's a funny throwaway line of "I shall consider the uh, wait no you will have a charming mother-in-law indeed, and of course she will always be at Pemberley with you." Right, because you would never stay at her place because yeah. she lives in a cottage. Yes, he's like you're gonna you want to hang on with that mother-in-law. That's what we want. To so marry? <laughs> and here we see Darcy is changing a little bit. He listened to her with perfect indifference while she chose to entertain herself in this manner, and that his composure convinced her that all was safe. Her wit flowed long. So it's like, yeah, talk your talk your trash. Yeah, so, so you, she just keeps talking trash. Yeah, for you a can long keep tra- talking trash. Go ahead. Whatever. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. We find out that Mr. Bennett makes two thousand a year, so about half of what uh, Bingley makes. Yep, not bad. This is ch- chapter seven is opens with uh, some more more money stats, some more baseball cards, more stuff. exposition about their lives. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they were referencing. Yeah, his siblings. One of one of whom is. Uh, a lawyer. Wait, one of them. His dad was a lawyer. Uh, so no, the mother's sister married the the clerk that took over her her father's law yeah. practice. The grandfather on maternal side was an attorney. Got it. Here's an interesting line that kind of sets up. Uh, uh, so he makes two thousand a year, which unfortunately for his daughters was entailed in default of heirs male on a distant relation. So his daughters need to get married because they have no money otherwise. Because they're girls. They're girls. Yeah. It's an entailment. Remember, that's from uh, that's a big problem in To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird, entailment. What's an entailment? Yes. So he, uh, so that kind of adds the, the economic part of it. Uh, like these women will be destitute if they don't get married before their father dies. That's a big thing. Little little women too is like the idea. Like we just can't have money. We need to be married in order to have anything. Yes. We're like they're not. It's crazy. So Sexism is crazy. Yeah, man. It's so wild. It's wild. Um. So the mom, the mom has four thousand, but it's not enough to take care of the girls. Yeah, and so this is brought up sort of to introduce the idea that Catherine and Lydia might marry an officer of the army. Yes, because they're being they're seeing these militia men on these long walks to Maryton, yada yada. They're getting interested in these officers because they're 
Simple little girls. Yeah, <laughs> silly women. Right. So, yeah, they visit their aunt, and their aunt hosts all these officers who are in town. Right. Mr. Bennett roasts them for that by saying, from all that I can collect by your manner of talking, you must be two of the silliest girls in the country. <laughs> I have suspected it sometime, but now I am convinced. <laughs> It's official. You're a simple person. You're silly. You're silly. You're, you're silly. You're silly. This is back when silly was like a bigger, a bigger insult. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, so silly. he's like, I, I've been thinking you guys were silly <laughs> for a long time, but straight up, you're silly. You're now. silly. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the official stamp on it. <laughs> you're silly. <laughs> it's official. Yeah. So funny. Uh, Catherine's destroyed by this. Yes. <laughs> Lydia does not care. Lydia was tall about it. She was too tall. Yes. And she keeps talking about these officers. She's like, I love this Captain Carter. <laughs> and then Mrs. Bennett's like, I'm astonished that you should be so ready to think your own children silly. Like, why do you keep being mean to our kids? Right. Um, right. And, uh, I mean, it ends up, like, right. She expresses that she, when she was young, uh, liked the red coat herself. She's interested, which is so funny. It sounds like. It sounds like what you'd like make fun of your grandma for being too like. What do you? Would you have a love affair with a red coat grandma? Oh like, yeah, did you meet a sailor down by the wharf? Down by, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like On VJ Day. Right. Exactly. Uh, red coat. Like literally, like Revolutionary War talk here. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I do like this line because Miss <clears throat> uh, Bennett's like, well, "Don't think of your children silly," and he's like, "If my children are silly, I must hope to be always sensible of it." And it's like. Well, it's important for me to know my children are silly. Because <laughs> at least then I won't be fooled into believing they're not. Yeah, the sooner the better. You want to know. Uh, so, the, I mean, like, this is just sort of to bring up the idea that they would be happy enough marrying, like, a mid-level... Yeah, um, career man. A career man is, yeah, who's not, he's not part of the gentry, of the noble class, but he's, you know, got some, you know, some and, money. And, and she throws in... And if a smart young colonel with five or six thousand a year should want one of my girls, that's always gro- like puts a figure on it. But like that's more than Bingley makes. <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah. Um, and he only makes two thousand. So they're they're that's the big thing is that their social climate is that the mom wants more money for oh, yeah. her, her daughters and then she has right. And I guess like think about it, like, that's the only game she can play because she's so like the mother is like a sympathetic reading. It's very trapped by who she picked to marry. Right. And so yeah. she's like, economically, if you want more, you're going to have to marry better. Right. Yes. I mean, she can seem kind of cynical, and but I think we're meant to see that she is cynical because that's the only way out. The system is cynical. Yeah, yeah right. Um, so we get a note from the Bingley sisters inviting Jane over for dinner. Yes. Because they're like, look, we're hanging out all day. We're going to kill each other. Please come over. We've been having a tete-a-tete, and it is not good, as you can imagine. Um, and speaking of the officers, the uh, Mr. Bingley and uh, Darcy are going to go have dinner with they're the officers. Dinner with, so they're having guys' night. Let's have girls' night <laughs> over here, you know? The fellas <clears throat> and the ladies. So it is raining, and uh, you know what that means. It's a Time a plan is afoot. A scheme is in the air. A scheme is afoot, and Miss Bennett is fully on board with this scheme. So the idea is to have Jane go by horseback. Yes, and not carriage because the carriage then horses. Then because the carriage would protect her from the rain, but right. the horse does not. So yeah. that means that if she when she gets to the house, she has to stay there. If it if it's raining. If she gets there and then it starts raining, she has to stay there. She can't ride home in the rain yeah, on the they, horse. It would be insanely rude to ask her to leave. So they have to provide her a place to stay. Right. Uh, and that would be, that is the plan. And so that way, <laughs> Bingley will come home and he'll get to spend an evening with her. Right. Um, and there's all this like dancing around it with Mr. Ben. Like, could we, we can't use those horses for the for the for the carriage can we and he's like uh i don't know and she's like we just can't can we and he's like no nah, we can't we can't we i need sure. them for farming and yeah, i like, need them for farming like, don't you need them for farming it's like i always need them sometimes I yeah don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a reading i i didn't realize that that he was trying to like he couldn't figure out how to please his wife of like what am i supposed to say right to what you? do you want yeah um so jane goes uh, it does stay over when it rains. The it, next morning, they get a note that she is sick. I wonder 
how she got sick, huh? <laughs> From riding in the rain. <laughs> right. And this, this sarcasm that I just expressed was expressed by Mr. Bennett. Um, well, my dear, said Mr. Bennett, if your daughter should have a dangerous fit of illness, if she should die, it would be a comfort to know that it was all in pursuit of Mr. Bingley under your orders. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, he is there to kind of talk some sense into these people who are just concerned with like the love and relationships and like yes. at the cost of all else, including her daughter's health. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, we got her sick just so she could marry this guy. Wasn't that great? Great, you're gonna kill my firstborn daughter. Yeah, <laughs> just so she can talk to some airhead with four thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's it's she. He's, yeah, I, she. I'm not afraid of her dying. People do not die of little trifling colds. So she, your mom's like, she she'll be fine. It's she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, she'll survive. She probably won't die. Uh, and then Elizabeth. Who does feel nervous about her sister being sick in that other house? Because she knows that the, the women aren't nice. Well, she's like, "I'll go." And they go, "How are you gonna go? You can't go on a horse." So, so like, she goes, "I'll walk." She wants, "I'll walk there." I'll walk the three miles. Yeah. Um, and Mary chimes in with a uh, with a uh, sort of advice. I admire the activity of your, of your benevolence, but every impulse of feeling should be guided by reason. And in my opinion, exertion should always be in proportion to what is required. So you're trying, like she's saying, you're trying too hard for what you're doing. All you want to do is make sure that is like, you know, Jane's okay. <laughs> just like comfort Jane a little bit. And like walking three miles is a little too much for that small task, I think. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of what they make fun of Elizabeth for later. Like, why'd you try so hard? Like, yeah. what'd you, like, what are you doing? Why do you care about your sister so much? Right. Chill out. Uh, then they, uh, so Catherine and Lydia decide to walk with Lizzie for a little while, just until they get to Maryton to hang out with the officers. Um, and then she walks the rest of where by herself. She arrives at the Bingley's and, uh, I think the vibe is off is you can say the vibe is off when she gets there, right? Yeah. Her parents created a great deal of surprise. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, uh, that she should have walked three miles so early in the day and in such dirty weather and by herself was almost incredible to Mrs. Hurst and Miss Bingley. And Elizabeth was convinced that they held her in contempt for it. And they for sure did, as yes. you'll see later. Absolutely. <laughs> so Elizabeth senses that maybe that she is like not welcome and kind of they think she's weird for having walked three miles, mm-hmm. um, which is like, it's classist. It's, uh, it's like... I kind of hate like popular characters in movies do this where they like they make fun of you for trying. Yes. It's like oh you tried really hard. That's stupid. You should just gotten oh, your stuff. All their effort that they put into yeah. this. Oh yeah. man, that's always the worst because it's like you feel stupid for trying. <laughs> oh man, true bully stuff. Yes. Um. So walks in. Darcy's there. Bingley's there. Mister Hurst is there. And Mister Hurst didn't. I, I'm certain like the Mister Hurst character. He's like a, sort of like a, a Mister Bennett of the Bingley household. He's kind of like a like a simple bro who likes cards. He just yeah <laughs> cards. He likes his cards. Likes his food. Likes his drinks. And it's all like well you'll see some more Mister Hurley later. He's just a fraternity brother who stayed there forever. <laughs> he's like yeah. It's so classic. Like uh, this is the boyfriend. Uh, he just does boyfriend stuff. Yeah. He just kind of eats the food and goes. You like food? No. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see him portrayed. Um, but this is the first sort of indication we have of his, of Mr. Hurley, Mr. Hurst's that, this is vibe. The, this is the great line of it. The f- uh, so Darcy and Mr. Hurst, the former was divided between admiration of the brilliancy so which exercise. So Darcy was gi- divided. Yes, yeah. had given her to her complexion. So Darcy's like, look at what the exercise made her face look like. Pretty good. Kind of nice. And doubt as to the occasions justifying her coming so far alone. The latter, Mr. Hurst, was thinking only of his breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> bacon. He's, little, he's a bacon bro. He's a bacon bro. <laughs> he's, Mr. Hurst is wearing a shirt that says, uh, but first, bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smoking a, uh, a a joint that like <laughs> is half oregano sold to him by his nephew that hates him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, we're getting, yeah. We're painting a picture here. Yeah. But that's what mis- that's Mr. Hurst. That's who he is. As a picture dude. it. Picture it. So it sounds like Ms. Uh, so Jane Bennett is actually pretty sick, which is kind of funny because we were talking about this where it's like people got so sick in yeah. these days. Yeah, right. I'm like she walked in the rain for a little bit, and, and it's now like, she's in bed for days. Yes. <laughs> also like, with a cold. Why, why would a cold leave you in bed for cold. days? And also, yeah, and like 
and like the idea like that like wouldn't you rather go just go to your home to be yeah. sick you're gonna be a guest in someone's home as a sick person and they live three miles away from you like yeah get just out of get carriage. a carriage get a carriage car- yeah imagine going to someone's house it's a little rainy and you got a little sick and you're like well i'm gonna stay on your couch <laughs> until this cold is gone bring me a doctor and some soup i <laughs> i have a slight sniffle i have a sniffle can you call the doctor please <laughs> It's different times. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Um, so Elizabeth guy went up. Uh, Jane. So Jane was so excited to see them. Here's a fun line. When breakfast was over, they were joined by the sisters, and Elizabeth began to like them herself when she saw how much affection and solicitude they showed for Jane. Uh, so this is an important. I like this is an important factor. Is that Elizabeth is able to perceive how good of people the Bingleys are by how they react to Jane's sickness. Yes. Which I respect as a move because it's like how you treat someone who's sick is kind of how you treat, you know, like the lesser human people. You know, like they have nothing to offer you. They're sick. Yeah. Your, your they, they did show a lot of kindness to Jane uh, in this moment. They called the doctor, all, all that stuff. Right. I mean, they let her stay in a bed sick all day. Uh, let's see here. I would say, and then it turns out Elizabeth now has to stay <laughs> because. Uh, so Jane is still is like getting worse, and is like, please don't leave. Me. And Jane doesn't want her to be left alone. Yeah. Yes. So now they're both staying at this place for oh more than God. one Things day. Things are getting out of control. Yeah, for more than one day. Can you imagine you invite someone over for dinner, and then them and their sister stay at your house. It would contrast the propriety of like, okay, before you even meet me, my dad has to go meet you, and then you have to come to my dad's apartment separately, and then I can meet you. And that's like it's super super proper. On the other hand, I went over to dinner. With you, and now I'm staying for two days uh, yeah. through some other propriety thing. You know, like it's just like odd. Yeah, a lot of manners that do not exist anymore. Right. Um, chapter eight, it opens with a different sort of perspective on this idea of how treating, how they treat Jane being a reflection on their character. Yes, because immediately, right, right after, is when Jane's not in the room. Uh, yes. Th- this is great. The sisters on hearing this repeated three or four times so that Jane's still sick. Right. How much they were grieved, how shocking it was to have a bad cold, and how excessively they disliked being ill themselves. I hate being sick. Yeah, I must, you must feel being so bad. Being sick stinks. And then thought no more of the matter, and their indifference towards Jane, when not immediately before them, restored Elizabeth to the enjoyment of all her original dislike. <laughs> I love that. That, that We finally get the admission that, like, no, Elizabeth likes disliking these girls. She loves it when she's right about people. She's yeah. like... They they they're bad. I hate them. And then it's like, oh, are they good? And it's like, nope, they're bad. Nope, I they're win. Not. <laughs> they're not. Yeah, they're only being nice to her to her face, and they were totally indifferent. And they like, yeah, they no longer thought about her when she wasn't in front of their faces. Yes, they're not considerate. So she called her shot. She thought she was wrong for a moment, and then it turns out she was right, and that gives her a lot of pleasure. And I love, yeah, I love that she likes to dislike. She likes disliking these these women. Yes. Um, but she is charmed by Bingley. He did seem ang- he's anxious for Jane. He wants right. her to be well, and so Elizabeth Lee is pleased with that. Of like Bingley is a good guy, he does care about Jane. Miss um, Bingley is still talking to Mister Darcy, and I think there might be a love triangle developing because she, yeah. she's always talking to Darcy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She's not engaged, by the way. Yeah, she's a miss. No, she's a no miss. Engagement. Yeah, um, she's single. Uh, we get another. We get the Mister Hurst thing that you mentioned earlier, <laughs> where uh, um, he was an indolent man who lived only to eat, drink, and play at cards, and who, when he found her prefer a plain dish to a ragu, had nothing to say to her. <laughs> <laughs> so you ever had some spicy pasta dish? She's like, no, nah, I just like regular stuff. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, oh, all right. Well, that's gonna be. Well, I was gonna talk about. All right, well, I'll, I'll see you around, I guess. <laughs> it's like a guy who's like, have you seen The Wire? And she's <laughs> like, no. He's like, all right, well, that's all I want to talk about was The Wire. All right. <laughs> I don't really have any other hobbies. Uh, <laughs> I just like The Wire. <laughs> I'll see you later then. <laughs> Whatever. What? <laughs> Why don't you go watch The Wire? <laughs> all right. What, um, uh, we're getting the, 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 the some... Uh, some uh, crap talk about... Uh, yeah, so Elizabeth leaves the room Elizabeth, to go yeah. check on Jane. And the sisters absolutely go in on her. But the narrator does not leave the room. So we're getting the, the we're getting the, some, some real Bingley sister action. She has nothing in short to recommend her. But being an excellent walker... 
I shall never forget her appearance this morning. She really looked almost wild. <laughs> she was cra- she had like a little bit of dirt on her petticoat. Um, oh, I love this. Yes, in her petticoat. I hope you saw her petticoat. Six inches deep in mud. I am absolutely certain. And the gown, which had been let down to hide it, not doing its office. The gown's office being hiding the petticoat. Yeah. <laughs> Very proper. They're so... She's like, she looks so wild. Yeah. Yeah, I like this line. She did indeed, Louisa. I can hardly keep my countenance. She's like, she looks so wild. I was almost scared. <laughs> This woman walks a couple miles, gets a little dirt on her shoes, honestly, and these women are like, oh, I'm going to faint. Honestly, I was afraid for my life. <laughs> yeah. It's so exaggerated. It's so you can there it's a very human attitude. You can so see it in being modern. Yeah. And it's like, why must she be scamping around the country? Because her sister had a cold. A cold? <laughs> like, her, like, get over yourself. Your sister will be fine. I'm loving it. I'm loving that they're just being so catty. And Bingley, of course, is very nice. I thought Miss Elizabeth looked remarkably well when she came into the room this morning. Her dirty petticoat quite escaped my notice. And then Miss Bingley is like, Darcy, come on. Give us the juice. Yes. You, you hated it, right, when she showed up? And he's like, no, I, I liked it. Certainly not. Uh, and Bingley, so she's like, to walk five miles in dirt, that's gross. Yeah. And, and Bingley's like, it shows an affection for her sister. That's great. And then once again, Miss Bingley goes, I'm afraid, Mr. Darcy, that this adventure has rather, rather affected your admiration of her fine eyes, leading him on to say, like, okay, go ahead. Say you don't like her anymore. He's like, you probably don't like her anymore because like this weird thing she did. And he's like, not at all. They were brightened by the exercise. He's like, no, her eyes looked even better after she'd been walking around. Like a short pause followed this speech, and Mr. Mrs. Hurst began again. So like everyone was like all quiet, like, damn. damn. We gonna- <laughs> I thought we were going to absolutely go in on her. <laughs> Trying to get the guys to break her back. Yeah. And she's like, I have an excessive regard for Jane Bennett. She really is a very sweet girl. I wish with all my heart she were well settled. But with such a father and mother and such low connections, I'm afraid there's no chance of it. Right. She's poor. Boom. That's like, oh, yes. she's not like, so there's no intention of her ever like, you're not going to marry Bingley, you're poor. <laughs> right, right. So like, right, here's the, the truth of it. This is the reality of the situation. Um, I think I have heard you say that their uncle is an attorney in Maryton. Yes, and they have another who lives somewhere near Cheapside. <laughs> that is capital, added her sister, and they <laughs> both laughed. <laughs> so I looked it up, Cheapside is a neighborhood in London that is where most banks are. It's or a like on the Cheapside. <laughs> <laughs> So they're saying like her brother's like a bank clerk, right? Her uncle's a bank clerk. <laughs> this Isn't is like, that stupid, <laughs> right? Being in finance is actually like the least cool thing. Yeah, that you can you can have the least cool way you can have money. Yeah, it's worse to be actually poor, but like to have you to know. Be, to work for your money exactly. at a bank in a professional Ugh. class. Yeah, Bingley is getting really mad. If they had uncles enough to fill all Cheapside, it would not make them one jot less agreeable. If Cheapside was all of their uncles, if every <laughs> uncle. If all their uncles were bankers. If every bank was full of their uncles and <laughs> it was made of uncles and there's uncles in every you know, uncle the door and there's uncle dollars. Uncle, uncle, bank uncles and if, uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. I, I like uncles. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're hooking onto the uncle thing. It's not quite the thing you should be going for. And then uh, Darcy says, but it must very materially lessen their chance of marrying men of any consideration in the world. Boom. So, so Darcy's like, look, here's the facts of the matter that, like, your uncle lives at Cheapside. You ain't marrying someone nice. Right. This is like, this would this would be in the movie because it so sets up, like, what they're up against. Like, these are the stakes. This is the, this is the journey. The journey will be how to convince these people that you're actually worth marrying. Worth marrying. How to Just overcome class? This is this is this is what yeah this is what we're gonna be dealing with the whole book. It's like are the Bennets gonna successfully jump class? Right. Uh, it's also kind of funny where it's like can you imagine like wanting to marry someone and it's like but my uncle works at a bank and like they, them <gasps> caring about what your uncle does. <laughs> your uncle, yeah, dude, unbelievable. Right. It's they're obsessed with the. I mean, like the yeah the social classes and the um the pressure and the marriage. It's all the through lines are. Yeah. Staying strong, so Elizabeth is back in the room now, right? She's she's gonna she hang out after dinner with them. Yeah, They're playing cards, 
And Jane's still doing pretty bad. Like, how bad is it? Like, how bad is this cold? It must be pretty bad. I mean, like, I mean, I guess she's she's laid up. Doctor told her to not get out of bed. I don't know. They're then they're kind of talking to her about what he liked to do. She likes reading better than playing cards. And Hurst is mind blown. Right? Yeah. He's like, do you prefer? Oh, wait. No. Yeah, she yeah. goes, do you prefer reading the cards? Oh wait. Uh, yeah. That no, is. No. Wait. No. They ask her if she wanted to play. She's like, no. I'll just I'll read, read a book. Yeah. And um. That is so, and then Darth or Bingley's like, "You prefer reading the cards? That is rather singular." No, Mister Hurst says that. Okay, Mister Hurst because he loves cards so much. <laughs> <laughs> Bingley I, says something sort of sarcastic. I think Miss Eliza Bennett despises cards. She's a great reader and has no pleasure in anything else. And Elizabeth's like, "I'm not a great reader, and I have pleasure in many things." <laughs> it's like, don't say that about me. It's also funny because Mary's the great reader who works so hard in it, right? But Eliza is a little bit prettier. Uh, and a little bit less of a good reader, but it balances out. Yeah. Unfortunately. And then Bigley's like, I'm sure you're having a nice time taking care of your sister. And I hope uh, that... So he says a nice thing about like, I hope I'm, that'll be exciting to see your sister good. Right. Or better. Bingley is always saying the right thing at the right time. Elizabeth thanked him from her heart. So it's like, yeah, that, that was meaningful to her. Right. He's a sweetie. Uh, they start talking about the books, obviously, because of the Elizabeth reading some of the books. Darcy's got a huge collection of books. And he keeps buying books. And he keeps buying them. He's a book dude. Right. And then uh, Bingley's sister is sort of talking about like, hey, you know, for our eventual eventual estate that you're going to buy, we should have a big library like he does. It's like, why don't we just buy his house? And they're kind of joking about right, it. Right, right. Like, we'll be better off just buying his place than trying to make another one of his places. Yeah. 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 So then Elizabeth just can't read anymore. She's just listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's too exciting. And She's then so we find of, out that yeah. there's Darcy's got a sister. She's taller than Elizabeth Bennett. So height's a big thing in this book, too. Man, she tall. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's talking about... So here it starts an interesting passage that has a lot of feminist implications. It has to do about the accomplishment of ladies. What makes an accomplished lady? So extremely accomplished for her age. We're talking about Darcy's sister. Her performance on the pianoforte is exquisite. And then Bingley says, It is amazing to me how young ladies can have patience to be so very accomplished as they all are. So Bingley's just like, Ladies, you incredible. That is so Bingley, right. That is so Bingley to be like, It's crazy how all the women I know are amazing and perfect. <laughs> oh, thanks, Bingley. Thanks, Bingley. You're like, yeah. Ladies, you all look so beautiful tonight. And then I believe, so I, I put some notes down on who I think is speaking, because they do not do a good job of letting you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, I because th- I believe it's Miss Miss Bingley who says, all young ladies accomplished, my dear Charles, what do you mean? And Bingley says, yes, all of them, I think. They all paint tables, cover screens, and net purses. I scarcely know anyone who cannot do all this. And I'm sure I never heard a young lady spoken of for the first time without being informed that she was very accomplished. And Darcy goes... Uh, like you're just saying that because of like like accompli- accomplished. The word is applied to many a woman who deserves it no otherwise than by netting a purse or coveted, covering a screen. But I am very far from agreeing with you in that your estimation of ladies in general. I cannot boast of knowing more than half a dozen in the whole range of my acquaintance that are really accomplished. <laughs> it's like I know six impressive girls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know like six, dude. <laughs> you know, Jane Austen is very, um, the characters are very consistent. Darcy is the hater. Bingley is the lover. But you're saying, yeah, you don't know who's saying these, this next line. Yes, I do comprehend a great deal. In so it. I think what, That's so Bingley. Elizabeth goes, then you must comprehend a great deal. So your idea of an accomplished woman must be very extreme. Right. And he's saying, and Darcy says, yes, I, I do think it takes a lot to be an accomplished woman. And then I think Miss Bingley, because she's always on Darcy's side, says, oh, certainly. Cried his faithful assistant. Yes. So that's Miss Bingley, yes. right? Yeah. No one can be really esteemed accomplished who does not greatly surpass what is usually met with. And here's her definition. Uh, a woman must have a thorough knowledge of music, singing, drawing, dancing, and the modern languages to deserve the word. And besides all this, she must possess a certain something in her air and manner of walking, the tone of her voice, her address and expressions, or the word will be put but half deserved. And then Darcy says, All this she must possess, and to all this she must yet add something more substantial in the improvement of her mind by extensive reading. Ooh, Ooh. reading. 
And Elizabeth says very sarcastically, I am no longer surprised at your knowing only six accomplished women. I'd rather wonder now at your knowing any. <laughs> so Elizabeth's like, you're insane. So like, no one, yeah, no one is, no one would meet this standard. And then Miss Bingley's like, are you so severe upon your own sex as to doubt the possibility of all this? That feels like, like it could be Darcy to me. I I think it's uh, well because the question is the question is is uh, posed to Darcy, and uh, Darcy speaks, and then Elizabeth speaks, presumably, and then Darcy. Uh, I think it'd be Darcy again, but it could be it, it might. It's the same side of the argument either yes. way. It could yes. be Bingley, Miss Bingley, or Mister Darcy. And Lizzie's like, I I've never <laughs> seen any woman like this. That's insane to know all the languages, to play the piano perfectly, to. <laughs> To have a, a je ne sais quoi in her way she yeah, speaks yeah. and and her accent and her how she dresses <laughs> and she must sing and draw and dance. <laughs> it's like you're in, and she must be reading all the time too. And it's like this is this is not a human being. This is a, so it is kind of a feminist thing of like these expectations on women are absolutely insane. Right. And then Hurst and Bingley, uh, Miss Hurst and uh, Mrs. Hurst and Miss Bingley are kind of mad. About like you, th- you're being sexist because you don't think women can do this, and so it's kind of like a weird, interesting thing of like you don't think a woman could do this, and Elizabeth being two separate arguments of like doubting that a woman could accomplish this versus like that's what it takes for a woman to be impressive to you is this insane list, right? So th- yeah, let's this this is this will be a theme I assume is like is like what what's a perfect woman? What what do you, what do we expect of women? And the and the idea is. Both too much and too little, right? Yeah. But like they need to be perfect in every. When you we hold them in such as high regard, but we also they we don't give them the enough sort of. Uh, we don't give them enough room to do all that stuff, right? Yes. So it's like where it's like the Bingley side is like, look, they know how to do all these things, and that's impressive. And everyone goes, "You're an idiot." <laughs> You're impressed. Um, you'd be impressed by anyone. It seems if you have such a low bar. And so it's kind of like, hey, they don't like. No one likes that, like, all the, like, no one appreciates women's work, where it's like, yeah, it's just fixing a screen. It's like, but you fix a screen. Like, what are yeah. you talking about? Right, right, right. Like, the, yeah, the idea that low expectations are in themselves sexist. Yeah. But then Darcy's like, well, yeah, they need to be all of this stuff in order to be impressive. Great. And then they're like, that's way too much. That's way, like, that's like, you're, they're all going to fall short of that. And then you're going to, and you're able, you're able to continue. So I guess I uh, so maybe like part of the argument is like just to do all the things that Bingley lists is like that should be enough to be impressive because like it's like the value of women's work of like it's hard to be a normal woman <laughs> right well yeah because of all the expectations yeah. yeah of that they have to do all this and then they learn how to do all this crazy stuff and then women in parlor rooms go like but that's not impressive who cares <laughs> yeah right right you're damned if you do damned if you don't yeah um, right so like to sum it up Darcy thinks that they don't do enough. And Bingley is sort of condescendingly thinking, like, they're already doing so great. Ladies, you're beautiful. It's, you're beautiful. It's, it's the road comic. Being like, Ladies, you're beautiful. You're yeah. so much smarter than men. <laughs> <laughs> but you talk too much. Yeah, like that. <laughs> That's yeah, stupid. Let us watch the game. Yeah. <laughs> stupid thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a very interesting. Another one where they're, they're like, let's all say what we think about this. And then, uh, yeah, exactly. It's the clerk's like, what is this opinion on this? Like, yeah. And then Bingley, Miss Bingley hits Lizzie with pretty harsh. Eliza Bennett is one of those young ladies who seek to recommend themselves to the other sex by undervaluing their own. And with many men, I dare say it, it succeeds. But in my opinion, it is a paltry device, a very mean art. Yeah. So, so she's so she like the she leaves and she goes. Elizabeth's one of those girls that like will throw women under the bus to make men like her more. Right. Right. Um. And uh, right, the idea that like Elizabeth is being smart, and so she is, uh, yeah, because through her intelligence, she's making the other woman seem dumb to make herself look smarter and more attractive. No, I think it's just literally just because she says that when no woman is like this, right? And she thinks like, oh, that's her being sexist, so that Darcy would be like, yeah, I also think women are bad. Yes, <laughs> right, right. She's being a traitor to her sex. Yes, and and their interpretation. Where Elizabeth, I, I think, is trying to say, like, look, these expectations are way too high, which is, like, her being a pro with them. It's, it's very, like, all the women in this, so many women in this book, and they're mostly interacting with each other. It's very interesting how she 
has like these different views of like whatever the 1790s version of feminism is. But yeah, we we have run into um surprisingly this is a very complex <laughs> feminist text, I guess. And uh we have run into uh like a it's not a very simple cut and dry like um things are like this and we don't like that. It's like a it's raises like this some of the women like it, some of the women don't like it. Some yes. of the women interpret it as this, some of the women interpret it as that. Right. Right. And then there's, and then Darcy even starts to roast her a little bit. Oh wait, I guess he goes undoubtedly replied Darcy to whom this remark was chiefly addressed. There is meanness in all the arts which ladies sometimes condescend to employ for captivation. Whatever, whatever bears affinity to cunning is despicable. So I guess he's just saying like any attempt to seduce a man is just gross. <laughs> <laughs> despicable. And then Miss Bingley was like, don't. Don't say seduction's bad. Say she's bad. <laughs> right. And she drops it as a result of that. Um, and then it turns out to the, what, that Jane is still not well. Yes. Yeah. She's worse. She's doing worse. And they're like, we'll go get a doctor tomorrow. So she's got to stay the night. Uh, Bingley was quite uncomfortable. His sisters declared that they were miserable. They saw us to wretchedness, however, after, by duets after supper. While he could find no better relief to his feelings than by giving his housekeeper directions that every possible attention might be paid to the sick lady and her sister. So he's like, I, I'm, I'm still going to genuinely care for Jane and Elizabeth. Bingley coming through once again as the bland, good man. Yes, just the Labrador Retriever man. Yeah, Mr. Bland Goodman. Yeah. Bingley. So we'll track that, how good, how... Uh, yeah, I feel like another shoe's going to drop. Like, he has be nice. been too much of a gentleman... Yes, and not like, and not almost like an Atticus way, but like Atticus, who has a complexity to it. This seems yeah. like a simple, good guy of like, just like learned manners. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the idea that we talked about that where like it seems like Darcy will come more into favor as you get to know him, and Bingley's first impression will fade. Yeah, I. That's what I. I don't know. I. But I. I don't know if I hope it happens. But I feel like that's gotta happen. With we Darcy. well, we're literary. We hope for complexity. We're literary critics. You yes. know. Yes, that's all we want. So yeah, that was. Because um, I, I, there wasn't like a lot that actually happens. Uh, someone goes on a walk. Someone gets sick. Of course, a lot of gossip. But it's all like we talked about. It, it's all in the social, the uh, the social socialization that is the action of the book. Yes, you know, like uh, the 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 dances are. The battles, you know what I mean? Like these are little skirmishes, these little the little parties and the little card games and the little mm. cutting remarks. These are all like this is this is as dramatic dramatic as it's gonna get. No one's gonna get stabbed in Pride and Prejudice. No, no one's gonna be like setting a house on fire. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe I don't think so. But like, oh, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see any big plot points of like, oh my god, like yeah. there's no cliffhangers. There's this. no woman in the attic that was locked up the whole time, like in Jane Eyre, etc. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's all of this is like a slow developing, like just anal- analyzing like the class structures and the gender structures of this time, uh, and how you rub up against them, right? Or how like how you know some some of them they're just they're just conformed to also. Yes, interesting to see how it's Almost, like and fiercely defend, which is interesting about Bing- Miss Bingley and Mrs. Hurst is that right. they are like viciously defending right the status quo. Way more than like they try and get the men to join them, and they won't. Right, which is interesting comment on the role women play in status quo stuff. I, that's that wasn't a very smart sentence. <laughs> <laughs> the role women play in status quo stuff. Hey, I mean, if this was an essay, you would have deleted it, but you know, it's a podcast, so you say that wasn't a very smart sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next week I'll have some more smart sentences. Welcome back to smart sentences of Taryn Kev. <laughs> A couple of smart fellers. We do our best. We do our book learning. A couple of college boys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, it's it's been interesting. I'm, we're starting to get into the rhythm of this book, and we're seeing that it's uh, it's like it's a social it's social book. It's a uh, it's social. Oh boy, see, I'm doing it too. Class keeps showing up in all these novels. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this one's so class. It's a little like it's like okay, here's this, char- this character. He makes this much money, which is why he's able to act this way. Like yes. you can't just you can't just be doing stuff unless you're rich. Yeah. I like to have one poor person be like, "What the hell are you guys all talking about?" <laughs> like one, like I mean, like just give me one, like the the cook, yeah, who's like, and they were talking about get this, 
get this. They're talking about how a woman has to sing and <laughs> dance and draw and have a je ne sais quoi. <laughs> je ne sais what je the hell? <laughs> what the? Kiss my ass. <laughs> you know, uh... That would be yes. like that would be nice, but I think I think uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think we're going to be limited to the uh, the main parlor players. Right, right, right. But I mean, like, uh, fortunately, uh, Jane Austen put this out in the world, and it was answered with some of the criticisms late, later. But we're not there yet in literary in literary conversation. You know, no. Jane Austen speaks up, and then a couple decades go by, and someone goes, "Hey, what about all these poor people? What do they think about?" Yeah, no one. No. Yeah. But hey. This was just revolutionary that she's like, some women disagree with each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> women don't have to be the object or the trophy of the story. Sometimes they can have a story of their own. Whoa. Whoa. All right, Jane. Whoa, Jane. Jane, Jane be hidden different. <laughs> <laughs> we were saying before this that, uh, yeah, uh, 18th century colds, they just hit different. You know, they just, they just, they, they really did hit you harder. Yeah, they were different. You're, yeah, the immune systems were so much weaker back then. God. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, right. that'll about do it for us. Thanks that'll for listening. For that was us. chapters six, seven, and eight. We'll see you for chapter nine, uh, next week. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Bye bye. You know this. Outside, it's like showbiz. We fly high.